Welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode number 161, our Sunday worship service for April 19th, 2020, is The Conversation. It's the first in this series, Pray Like This. When we pray, what are we doing? So our scripture today is Matthew 6, 6. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. That's the whole thing. That's the prelude to here's how to pray. If you know your Bible, you know that the next thing that happens is the Lord's Prayer. Jesus says, if you're going to pray, pray like this. And it's at the core of everything. When you think about the life and teachings of Jesus Christ, every single time there's some kind of big moment, a miracle, a demonstration, a something, every time. It is punctuated by prayer. Jesus prays before the thing happens. And by the way, that's the pattern for your life. If you want something to happen on the outside, some big demonstration, some miracle, just some little something working out in your life, if you want something to happen on the outside, you have to start by going inside. That's kind of what prayer is. But we know that. I mean, we see it over and over again in Jesus' example. We see it over and over again in what goes on in the Bible, right? And look, you're the kind of person who's watching a church service at home when there's all kinds of things you could be doing and nobody's looking. The fact that you're doing this, and by the way, I'm really grateful you are, but the fact that you're doing this says that prayer has some kind of place in your heart, some kind of foothold in your life. You know that it's important. But I got to tell you, a lot of people come to me and say, I don't know what the thing is, this prayer thing. I know that I'm supposed to. I know that it's important. I know that this is my connection with God and all of that. And I want to feel that connection with God. But other than what goes on at the Thanksgiving table or those couple of prayers that I memorized in Sunday school, other than that, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. What am I supposed to say? I get in that moment and I I close my eyes and I don't know if I'm supposed to, what I'm supposed to do. And I want you to know that you're not alone. This is a lot of people. And it's kind of a funny thing that that the experience we have in prayer is either something we kind of half remember from Sunday school or it's something that other weird family does really loud at Applebee's and we all kind of look the other way until they're done. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of middle of the road. So what is this prayer thing? I know it's important, but what do I do about it? Well, you've come to the right place. This is what we're going to be talking about. And we're going to be talking about it because everything stems from your prayer time, from your relationship with God and your ability to communicate with God. But before we talk about what it is, I want to talk for a moment about what it's not. Prayer is not a big demonstration. It's important to to really drive this point home because right now we're all at home. You don't have to shout it from the rooftops. You don't have to do those things. Prayer is not a matter of impressing other people with how well you know Latin. Prayer is not about memorizing some big long speech and pretending like you're a tobacco auctioneer. Prayer is not how many words you can get in. Prayer is also not begging and beseeching. Now think about that. 
I don't know where you're from and your background, but it could be that when you think about prayer, you think of a whole list of, of why God is so great and I'm so not great. Why God is so wonderful and I'm so not worthy. And I know maybe you grew up with that. I know we've heard that kind of a thing, but just imagine that there's somebody you love and you want to do something for them. Just as simple as that. I want to put gas in your car. I want to make you a meal. I want to take you to the ball game. Whatever it is, no big deal. But imagine that you love somebody and they spend all their time talking about how this is too big a gift and they're not worthy. It kind of takes the fun out of it, right? Don't play games with God. That's not what prayer is. It doesn't work that way. And in fact, here's the deal. God will happen for you to the degree that you let God happen for you. So if your idea of God is a very limited God and your connection is very weak, you're not going to be able to expect much from that relationship. You're not going to be able to expect an experience that's very experiential, right? So that's not it either. Prayer is also not a matter of rote memorization. If I just remember all of the words, then somehow magically I will conjure God up. Well, God's already here, right? So it can't be that either. In general, prayer is not head stuff. You know what I mean? It's not the secret handshake to get into God's treehouse. Prayer is not something that you can figure out as part of an intellectual process. Prayer is not head stuff. Prayer, when you're doing it right, prayer is heart stuff. When you're doing it right, prayer is something that you feel. And in fact, we spend all of our time, it seems like, trying to get from this head place of, well, I know what's right and I know what's true, but I just want to feel it. We spend so much time as spiritual beings, as seekers of truth, whatever you want to call yourself, we spend so much time trying to get this head knowledge into a heart feeling. Well, guess what? Prayer is how that works. That's why it's so powerful. I think about one of my heroes, one of my inspirations. I talk about her every once in a while. She's a minister. She's still doing her thing, even though I first saw her when I was a little kid. A friend of the family, her name is Edwin Gaines. And you should look her up after you watch the service. Don't stop now. We're just getting, on, getting started. But Edwin uh, is known all over the world for being a prosperity teacher. She'll go to churches and do a, a lesson and a workshop about how prosperity works and all of that. And she is the best. If you're watching this, I bet you've seen her. I bet you already know about her. And you're nodding your head because you've experienced that to some degree. She's amazing. And as a little kid, I would watch her do her thing and think, you know, that's, I'm going to do that. She was one of the first people who let me know what I wanted to do with my life. And so she means a lot to me. And one of the things, not just the, the workshops and the Sunday lessons that she do that meant so much to me, but one of the things that I really loved is because I was the minister's kid and she'd come do the, the lesson at the church where my parents were, you know, so I got to do a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff. One time, uh, not one time, all the time, I should say, People would come to her after the lesson and they'd ask for advice. And I was just a little kid, so that people kind of ignored me. And I was always kind of around and I was trying to pick up on how this all worked. I wanted it, you know? And people would say, basically, how do I prosper? I can't seem to make the job work out, the money work out, the bills are killing me, the prosperity thing has short-circuited. And the question was the same, even though the details and the verbiage varied, right? 
And I think they were expecting her to say, say this magic incantation or buy the miracle Bible oil or something, right? Something easy. What's the, what's the quick way that I can make this work in my life? And she said every single time, it was like an assembly line. The first thing she would say is, are you tithing? Because you can't prosper if you don't tithe. That's just how this works. Now, that is a specific lesson about prosperity, and the thing that I'm here to talk to you about it isn't specific about prosperity, but we can extend that out into a general idea. Here's what tithing is in broad strokes. Tithing is when you act on your spirituality, when you put God first, not just in your heart, but in your life. That's what it is. In one way or another, you can't expect miracles if you don't act on your spirituality. That's how this whole thing works. But before you can act on it, before you can do the outside thing, you got to have the inside part. So yes, you've got to act on it, but first you've got to feel on it. And that's what prayer is. I'm telling you, whatever it is that you're working on, whatever it is that you're trying to make happen in your life, whatever it is you're trying to break through, experience, get over, whatever, Whatever that is, I promise you, prayer is the way that that happens. And it's not complicated. It doesn't cost any money. It just works. If I were to sell you some magic pill, something you wear, a special hat that made you spiritual, you'd buy it in a heartbeat. I'd buy it in a heartbeat. But the good news is, and the challenging news is, it doesn't work that way. All you've got to do is practice this. And I promise, things will start to move for you. Things will start to work for you. Sound good? No need to answer, I can't hear you. But it does sound good. So we talked for a minute about what prayer isn't. So the natural question is, what, what is prayer then? And it's important to remember that when we read the stories about Jesus, it's not like he had a prescribed prayer for every occasion. He didn't go, okay, now it's time to do my raising for somebody from the dead prayer. Now it's time for me to do my, you know, coin from the fish's mouth prayer. Now it's time for me to do this prayer. It's not like he had a list that he had memorized. It wasn't about the specific words, was it? And in the same way, it's nice if you have some prayers that you have memorized that are meaningful to you. Start there. That's beautiful. But I want you to know that if you don't remember those words, it still counts as prayer. It's not about the words, right? In general, a prayer is a prayer. If it is, if you're writing stuff down, this is the thing to write down. Prayer is a prayer if it is conscious communion with God. Conscious communion with God. No matter what the words are, no matter if you say it in the morning or at night, if you say it out loud, if you say it in your head, none of the other things matter. The details are not important. As long as it is conscious communion with God, it's prayer. That's how this works. So let's break that down. What does it mean to be conscious? Well, are you awake? Are you paying attention? Are you intentional about your prayer? What I'm trying to say is you can't pray by accident. And that might seem like a silly thing, but I got to tell you, how many times do people just go to church and just assume they're prayed up, you know? How many times is it, well, I don't know how any of this works, but, you know, I, I, I put a Deepak Chopra tape on when I go to sleep at night and I'm good, right? 
It's not prayer if it's not conscious. All of those things are wonderful. All of the things that we do on autopilot, that's great. Keep doing them. But it's not prayer if I'm not consciously participating in it. You can't pray against your will and you can't pray on autopilot. So ask yourself, is it enough that at night before I go to sleep, I kind of mumble through that prayer that I memorized in third grade and then I know I'm good so I go to sleep? Like I said, it's a start. But take a minute and just think about what you're saying. Think about what's on your heart. Think about how God works in your life. Start with being conscious. That's part one. Part two is communion. Now, you know what that word means, and I'm not talking about the ritual. I'm talking about the word. It has the same root as community. It has the same root as communication. It is communion when there is more than one voice in the room. And that's a big deal because a lot of people pray like they're supposed to just get all the words out. Do you know what brute forcing a password is? You know, we've got all of these passwords for our phones and our email and our our. Facebook account and all of those kind of things. And it's just a sequence of numbers and letters and all of that. Well, hackers can brute force that password. And what they do is they have a computer program that just tries every possible combination really, really fast. One, 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 two, one, 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 three, and so on and so on a million times a second. And it takes forever, but that's brute forcing. And eventually they can hack the password by doing that. It takes a long time, and it's clumsy, and it's, well, it's dishonest, isn't it? I'm telling you that because I think some people try to brute force the password to God. They think, if I could just get enough words in there, if I could just get every single idea, every single thing I mean, and I'm going to just say all of the things that I'm praying for, and all of the things that I'm praying about, and all the ways that I'm not worthy, and all of the ways that He's better than me, and all of the ways that I'm sad, and all of the ways that I'm lonely, and all of the ways that I'm, oh boy, it's just exhausting, right? How do you think God feels? Prayer is conscious communion. And communion has to do with a conversation. It has to do with a, a give and take. Can you imagine going on a date with somebody, like a first date situation, and just trying to make them love you by getting all the words in? They will not stick around for dessert. You know what I mean? So what if our prayer time didn't just involve talking? Ask yourself, when you pray, how much time do you devote to listening? Take a minute. Now, that might seem weird because here's me in my room with my eyes closed and I'm, I've talked to God. I've talked about what I want and what I'm working on. And, and here are the things that I'm scared about or lonely about or sad about and happy about and grateful about and all the things. And now I'm listening. What am I listening for? And if I hear voices, will they take me away? I get it. It seems weird. Take a minute and listen. Because prayer is conscious communion, it means a give and take. And specifically, here's the deal. Prayer involves understanding that you don't know everything. When you pray, do it on purpose, that's conscious. When you pray, do it with the willingness to be changed. That's communion. In other words, can your prayer time include the idea that, you know what, God, you know best. And I'm going to listen, not just in my quiet time, but I'm going to live my life with a listening heart. Maybe there are lessons out there in the world. I pray for change, not just to stay the same, because God knows better. That's communion, give and take. So conscious communion with God. And once again, that seems like a no-brainer. Yes, of course it's with God. 
But think about that with me. There are so many people that when they pray, they go, well, I don't want to bother God with it. I'm praying to my, you know, my special lamp I bought at Pier 1. I'm praying to these idols that I have purchased. I'm praying to a necklace. I'm praying to a hat. I'm praying to a place. I'm doing these things. I've got all of these intermediaries because I don't want to bother God because I'm not worthy. There's all kinds of reasons. Last time, when's the last time you called tech support? Don't advise it, right? You're on the phone and you're on hold and you talk to somebody and they don't really know how to help you and so they put you on hold and you talk to somebody else and they don't really know how to help you and they put you on hold and you wait, right? And you've memorized all of the Kenny G songs that they're playing in the on hold music by this point. Sound familiar? I think it's kind of just a fact of life in the 21st century, but I don't know about you, but every time I'm on one of those calls, I just wish that there was a button I could press and talk to the boss, you know? There's somebody who has the authority to handle my situation. It's what we all want. So here's your chance in the prayer time. You have the, the chance to just talk to God. No intermediaries. You don't have to talk to the guy that's sitting next to the guy that's sitting next to the guy that's sitting next to the guy. This is your shot. Ask yourself, is it okay that I take my problems directly to God? What can I do, in other words, to tear down some barriers? Because remember, that's what Jesus was all about, tearing down walls, removing the veil, right? This is what we're talking about now. Conscious communion, not with some intermediary, not involving some kind of self-esteem game with God, because God knows better and you know better. Conscious communion with God. Now, that sounds like a lot, so I'm going to tell you, just do it. Just start. Because here's the thing. I wrote about this a long time ago, and I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was something like, prayer is a little bit like pizza. <laughs> it's a little bit like a donut. It's a little bit like a sunset. It's a little bit like a laugh. Even ones that were not executed perfectly are still okay. You've never laughed and gone, what was that? You know, you've never seen a sunset, good or bad, and thought, well, you know, would not visit again. Nobody writes weird Yelp reviews about sunsets. Even a quote-unquote weird one, a bad one, an awkward one, is still pretty great. And I'm telling you, your prayer is like that. Even one where you didn't feel that you executed a 9.9 .9 from the judges, you did good. And the only prayer that's better than your last one is your next one. You're going to get better at this if you keep working on it. That's how it works. Beyond specifics, conscious communion with God. Now, I get that that sounds like head stuff. I just gave you some rules to follow. And I just said a few minutes ago that it's not head stuff. It's heart stuff. So you are right to go, okay, great. I get, I get what it is, but how do I do it? And even more than that, how does it work? How does it feel? That's the question. How does it feel when I'm doing it right? How will I know? Well, part of the answer to that is, well, how do you know when you're in love, right? How do you know when something you're looking at is art or not? You just kind of know. But I get it. There, there can be more to it than that. But as it turns out, there is a pattern for this kind of thing. And you see the pattern over and over again in all the prayers of Jesus. You see the pattern over and over again in all the miracles of Jesus. You see it over and over again in the life of Jesus. And even more than that, you see it over and over again in your own life. When something works, 
anytime. When something works, it follows this pattern. And it's something I feel so strongly about that I have talked about it many, many times and I will talk about it again. This is Spirituality 101, right? The pattern is see, speak, surrender. That's how this works. How does prayer feel? See, speak, surrender. Remember your Bible. If you have faith in your heart and do not doubt, you will say to the mountain, be up and cast into the sea and it will be done for you. That's where it is. If you have faith in your heart and do not doubt, that's the sea part. You will say to the mountain, be up and cast into the sea. That's the speak part. And it will be done for you. That's the surrender part. And when you think about it over and over and over and over again, that's the pattern for prayer and that's the pattern for life. If it works, I guarantee you that's how it works. Prayer does not start with what you say. And this is a big deal because, like I said before, a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to find the right words. Did you read that book? Did you buy that thing? Did you go to that workshop? All those things are great. You know as well as I do that you can memorize the coolest affirmations. I got it from Facebook, so it must be true. You can memorize the best stuff. It just sounds good. The words just flow, right? But if it feels like a lie in your heart, it ain't a prayer. You just lied. And we had enough of that in the world, you know? It doesn't matter what the words are because prayer doesn't start with what you say. Prayer starts with what you see. The universe, in other words, does not speak English. It speaks intention. So what's in your heart? Can you be filled with something? That's the question. And the answer is obviously yes. You know what it's like when you're, when you're shopping around for a new car and you decide on a particular one and you see that car everywhere because now it's filled your vision. You know what it is when you fall in love with somebody and every song on the radio reminds you of that person because you filled your perception with that moment. You know what it is when you are so mad at somebody you can't drop it. When some fear about how things are going to go fills your mind and you can't quit thinking about it and you're up in the middle of the night, positive or negative, you are already an expert at filling your vision. But what I want you to know in this moment is you have a choice about what you put in there. Start with what you know about God. What do you know about God? Start there. I don't know everything. I haven't read all of the books. I, I haven't been to all of the workshops. I don't know all of these things. But I know that God made me. I know that we live in a world where love is possible. I know that, that even in the course of incredible disaster, there are people who stand up and help at great risk to themselves. There are heroes. This is what I know. Start with what you see. That's the first step in the process. And you know what that feels like. And because you know what that feels like, you know how see goes right into speak. The goal is not to start with fancy words. The goal is to let yourself be so filled with something that you can't shut up about it. And like I said, you know what that feels like. You know what it is to be so mad that you gotta, I need to talk to the manager. You know what it is to be so moved by something musical that you gotta get up and dance. You know what it is to be so filled with your perception that you take it into action. 
if you have faith in your heart and do not doubt, Jesus doesn't say, you could say. He says, you will say to the mountain, be up and cast into the sea. Find something, anything that inspires you so much that you can't shut up about it. It comes out of you. That's the speak part. And it's not just the words that you speak. It's the actions that you take. Carry your blessing into action. And as you do, you'll realize something really important. One of the, the great misconceptions about the prayer process is that you're creating something. I am praying because me and God are co-creators and I'm going to create a new car. I'm going to create a job. I'm going to create my soulmate. I'm going to create some cookies, whatever it is that you're praying about. I often pray about cookies, all cards on the table. But um, you realize that it doesn't work that way. And I got to tell you, sometimes if you've been praying about trying to make something and it doesn't work, that might be why. Because here's the deal. You are not a co-creator. God is the creator, period. If it exists, it starts with God. That's it. You are not a creator any more than a surfer creates the waves, any more than a mathematician creates numbers. It doesn't work that way. Your job is to surf. Your job is to use what you have been given to make your world a better place. That's what prayer is supposed to do. And as you work on your sea and you let your sea take you into speak and action, you realize that this didn't come from me. This inspiration, this love, this glory, this music, this art, this wonderful thing, this heroism, it doesn't come from me, it comes through me. And to the degree that you know that, it sets you up for the last step. Remember, see, speak, Surrender. It sets you up to let it go. Can you let it go? Can you trust? Can you do the thing where it's like, okay, God, I know that you're here. And I know that you're here always. Just like Jesus said at Lazarus' tomb. And he takes it into action. He says, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus comes out and he says to all the people, now let him go. In other words, stop seeing him as dead. Stop putting your old expectations from the past on a future manifestation of God, of life, of love, of this amazingness that is life, uh, one that's too big for your old expectations. Can you get over it, in other words? Can you give God a little bit of room to work? That's what we're talking about. Can you have so much faith that you trust? Can you have so much faith that you let it go? If you have faith in your heart and do not doubt, you will say to the mountain, be up and cast into the sea and it will be done for you. You don't have to get a shovel. You have to trust. So can you do that? Can you see and speak and surrender? That's how it feels when you're praying an effectual prayer. Now, I got to tell you, most people right out of the box are not especially good because we haven't been trained for it, are not especially good at all three phases. There are a lot of people that are really good at the speak part and they say a lot of words. There are a lot of people that are really good at the see part and they walk around just beholding good and beauty. There are a lot of people that are really good at, at just letting everything go. But there are very few people that right out of the box are super good at all three. So think about your life. Think about how you respond to things. Think about the way that you carry yourself. What are the areas that could use a little bit of TLC? What are the areas to work on? You know what I mean? I'm really good at the C part, and I'm usually pretty good at the speak part. Not always so good at the letting go part, you know? What are the, what's the part that needs your attention? That's the thing to, uh, to lean into, because that's where the lesson is.
When you think about it, there's a lot to lean into. When you look around at the world, whether or not we're in some kind of big global emergency or not, when you look around at the world, what it's easy to see is that there are a lot of people that are hungry. There are a lot of people who are homesick. There are a lot of people who are trying to fill some kind of space in their lives and their hearts with something. And we have been marketed to in so many ways. You can fill that hole in your life if you buy this shiny new product. You can fill that hole in your life if you give me some of that money of yours. You can fill that hole in your life if you do what I say do, right? One way or another. And I don't know about you, but I've tried a lot of those things. You probably have too. Most people have. It's what we're trained for. But the beautiful thing is that one way or another, sooner or later, we all learn that you can't fulfill that hunger that way. You can't get home and get done with that homesickness by doing what somebody else says, by buying a product, by going through some kind of outer motion. And you know what? It's a beautiful thing when that doesn't work out. Because if it doesn't work out enough times, we stop looking out and we start going within. And that's when we begin to learn. It's a beautiful thing. It's crazy and amazing and, and overwhelming, but in another way, inspirational and wonderful that we're in this situation where everybody's got to go home. On a planetary level, we are being told, stop doing the outward stuff for a moment and go within. Say your prayers in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. That's how this works. We are being told in great big ways and in little teeny ways to take a minute and go within. Like I said at the beginning of all of this, every single thing that happens in the outer, every big demonstration, every little moment, every miracle in between, everything that happens in the outer starts with something on the inner. So if you want something to work in your life, here's what I want you to do. Take your life to heart. Take your life to heart. Because after all, uh, what, it is, was it, what is it that you're praying for? You're praying for some big demonstration? Do you want God to show up in your life? Are you praying for some big thing to happen? Well, think about this. God is everywhere. And if you look at it with the right eyes, there are demonstrations everywhere. Stop praying for something to happen because I guarantee you this, God is happening. Stop praying to make something happen and start praying for the eyes to see it. Because to the, to the degree that we see God happening, our lives open up. And it all starts here. It starts with this prayer time. Take a moment. And we're going to get better at this as we work on this. We're going to go through the Lord's Prayer because Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, and we're going to be good at this. But right now, just start small. You can talk to God just like you talk to a friend. I guarantee it works when you work it. So I want you to take time this week. Really, I'd like you to take time every day. Just find a place to get quiet. Talk to God. Conscious communion with God. Look for the opportunity to change. Look for the opportunity to listen. Look for the opportunity to unload some of the stuff that you're worried about. Because I promise God can handle this. You've got this. Because God's got you. We are at the threshold of healing, of love, of answers, of being able to do whatever it is that ought to be done by us. We are at the threshold of all of it. All we got to do is walk through and be free. Because after all, freedom is a choice. 
Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do, based on what you've heard, can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube where you can watch the videos. Come join us in person. Our street address and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.